Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5, with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This week we have a very topical episode since the new year is coming up and we find that as non-diet clinical nutritionists, we find that there are a lot of misconceptions around goal setting and you know being a non-diet practitioner. So we wanted to clear up some of those today and give you some examples of how you can go about goal setting with a non-perfectionistic, non-diet mindset. Um, and I think one of the main reasons why this is so confusing for people and why they just assume that, oh, you can't set goals if you're non-diet is because we commonly think that diet culture or all or nothing culture or fitness culture kind of owns goals and owns like hashtag motivation to pursue those goals. So we want to set the record straight and prove that you can actually do non-diet, non-perfectionistic goal setting from this more intuitive, you know, neutral approach. And then it can be a really beautiful way to enter the new year because as we've talked about on like a lot of previous episodes and especially our holiday episodes, one of the reasons why people feel so out of whack in general in the holidays is not necessarily because you're not exercising or you're, you know, eating all the quote crappy foods or everything, but it's because we're way out of a routine. And so when we talk about, goal setting for the new year, one of the reasons people feel so good by setting goals and establishing new routines is because you're feeling less out of whack. You feel like more structured and you have more guidelines and everything. And there is a way to do that in a non-perfectionistic, non-diet way, which as a bonus makes you feel less like a failure, <laughs> which we know that diet culture, reset culture, all these kind of 30-day things that you're going to be seeing popping up in the new year Nobody feels awesome at the end of them if you haven't, you know, completed them to the T and, you know, perfectionistically. So let's get into it. I love that we're having this conversation today because I also feel like at the same time, it's also really frustrating because it it never feels like it lasts when you do one of the 30 days things. Like here comes January and then it's over. And so one of the things that I really like about kind of approaching from a non-diet mindset when it comes to pursuing goals and picking and thinking about how you're going to do things is that it's, um, and being motivated to do them in a different way is because I feel like it has a longer lasting effect on your life in a big way too. And it's not temporary, you know? And I think that's one of the things that I think a lot of times it's kind of sold to us that it's not going to be temporary, but for anyone who's ever done a 30-day reset, we all know what happens on day 31. <laughs> so, um, and the reality is we typically want things that, part of the reason what Dana was saying too around, um, we want to, we want the, sh like a routine or getting back to a little bit of a routine in the new year. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to kind of, you know, bring in something new that maybe you, you've wanted to work on for a long time. And so what we're saying here is that you can create a SMART goal in a non-diet way. And we're really excited to share with you guys how we do that and how we walk our clients through doing that too. Yeah. So as a reminder, if you haven't been exposed to the like goal setting world, a SMART goal is an acronym for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, or relevant, and then time bound. Um, and these are used a lot in the entrepreneurship world. They're used a lot around weight loss. They're used a lot around exercise and stuff. So what we want to do today is walk you all through a very specific example that we hear from a lot of our clients and how we would take you through goal setting around movement and exercise in a non-perfectionistic, non-diet way. Um, and so one of the first 
things that we always go back to with any kind of goal setting is to what is your why? What is your motivation? What's your driving factor? And then diving into the internal versus the external motivators. And all the time, Christina and I are talking about how when we're trying to improve our relationship with food and our body image and stuff, one of the first ways that it's really necessary to start to do that is to break down what are the internal reasons why I want to do this versus what are the external factors that are driving my decisions around food, for example. So if we're thinking about movement, if we're thinking about exercise, right, and we think about, oh, what are the external goals? It's, oh, I want to, you know, run more because I want to lose weight. I want to, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is, versus If there are some internally motivating factors, these are the ones that are going to promote more of that longevity and more of those, you know, health promoting behaviors in a sustainable way that we can then use to check in in the timely manner. We're going to get to all of these different acronyms, but that we can also think about, okay, instead of saying I'm going to run X number of miles per week or I'm going to go to the gym this many times per week or, you know, whatever it is, it's what is the feeling that I want to attain internally by going for this goal? So if we think about exercise, for example, a lot of people love exercise for the endorphins, for stress relieving, for, you know, it's really good for lymphatic drainage. If we want to go that way, you know, it's great for cardiovascular health, you know, all of these things that are completely unrelated to the scale. We're trying to get away from this kind of stuff, right? So Yeah. So then if we think about, okay, I want that mental clarity. I want the energy that comes, you know, maybe not during the exercise itself, but then afterwards, right? That's a way that we can start to check in and say, okay, I'm not doing this just because I want to go for an hour today. I want to go for 30 minutes today. I want to go for three miles today. I want to go for all these kind of external measuring sticks. It's more, oh, you know, I'm in this practice and I'm finally I'm feeling that like flow state that some people will describe with meditation or yoga or even when they're working I'm getting that mental clarity I'm finally feeling more energy you know I'm less winded when I go up the stairs and when we can start to do those check-ins with oh you know these are the things that I actually want from exercise. I don't particularly care aside from a perfectionist productivity standpoint about checking the box of, okay, I did that today or I ran three miles today or I did my yoga today or whatever. Aside from feeling like you got that gold star, you aren't really having those, you know, getting that gold star doesn't automatically mean that you have more mental clarity. It doesn't mean that you have more energy. It doesn't mean that you have all these internal factors that we're going for. So whenever you're setting a goal for whether it's the new year or any other time, see if you can start to delineate what are the external factors that have driven me to pursue this goal before that didn't really work out in the long term? And then what are some internal factors that could be a new reason for you to want to pursue something? Yeah, one of the things that I remember a client and I um, spoke about was they wanted more energy to go play with their kids. You know, they wanted to be able to get on the trampoline and jump around and have that energy in order to do that. And there were a lot of contributing factors that went into to working towards that. And I think that that, to me, was when in the past it had always been shocker weight loss I need to lose weight to have energy to play with my kids and then as we kind of worked through we we realized well actually you don't have to lose weight in order to have energy to play with your kids here are the ways that we can start to do that in a with with a with a real like heart-centered um motivation rather than something that's external what happens if you meet this external goal of i.e I've lost this many weight this much weight or I've run this many miles, but now I'm at this point where I'm not getting the mental clarity, or I'm now stressed about meeting this goal, or I have shame around meeting this goal, or not meeting this goal, or not obtaining this goal, or, and I think those are the things that kind of give us that when we have too many things that are externally driving our goal setting and the way that we pursue our goals, We lose out on the beauty of the goal itself. And the whole point of it was to have more energy or, you know, clients that are, or people, individuals that are having a hard time with seasonal depression and 
anxiety, movement can be a really wonderful and beautiful thing to help manage that. But if we look at it rather from a place of talk about having anxiety or not meeting us where we are, making a number or how many times we have to do it, and then if we don't meet it, all we're doing is adding added pressure to ourselves and we're missing out on being able to really own and understand where we're getting the desire to do this and that motivation. So when we say, what's your why? It's never, um, oh, well, I want to lose weight because my doctor told me I need to lose weight. There's something more to it. That's not a goal. That's not a why. There's always something else underneath it. Maybe, and it can be valid. Oh, I want to increase movement because it helps um, manage my diabetes. That's a wonderful motivation. I want to work on that. I want to support myself. I want to do these things. And so when we say, what's your driving factor and what's your why? I want you to think deeper and keep asking why until you get to the heart of it. Um, and to really ask yourself, is this internal or is this external? And a great way of looking at this is, do I want other people to notice? <laughs> I think is a big one too, is, or, um, or do I feel like this is something that I want, um, there to be something that is external on my body or in my life that I want people to identify and see other than your happiness, you know, <laughs> you know, people might see your happiness, which is a wonderful thing. So just thinking about it that way. I also want to touch on, um, specifically with weight loss, right? First of all, we're not here to shame you if one of your goals is weight loss, right? Unlike some other, um, you know, people in the social media space, I've seen this before in the like body positive or what they say is the body positive community. It's kind of like people feel like if one of their goals, whether it's like a very outward goal or it's just, you know, something they haven't really talked about, it's more internal, um, they feel like they can't be accepted in the body positive space if they want to lose weight. And we have an entire episode on this. I think that we did last year. Like, you want to lose weight? Like, we get it. Of course you want to lose weight because you've been told your entire life that all your health problems will be fixed and you'll be loved and you'll be happy and you'll be all of these things if you do lose weight. What we're saying is... All of those things that you want from weight loss that are underneath the surface, you can get all of those without actually pursuing weight loss, right? If Even if we're talking about clinical issues like type 2 diabetes, all the doctors will say, oh, if you're, you know, quote, overweight and you have diabetes, if you lose weight, it will, it will fix it. No, that's not actually how it works. If I just chop off your arm, it's not going to fix the fact that you have diabetes, what does actually work to reduce your blood sugar is increasing your movement, increasing the variety of foods that you're eating, you know, doing different nutritional tweaks and stuff like that. That has nothing to do with the weight on the scale, right? So if, if you do have a goal of weight loss, first of all, we're not shaming you here. We would encourage you to dig deeper and think, okay, what's underneath that, right? And then keep going just like a little, you know, if you have a toddler or think about any little kid and they're just like, why, 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 right? Keep going with that. Okay, I want to lose weight because this. Okay, what's my motivation for that? With a lot of compassion rather than judgment, right? And then going, once you get to the root, it's like, why can't I work on that goal right now? Why do I have to wait until I've done all of these things, until I've actually lost weight to try and be happy? No, let's let's go for it now. And that's kind of the one of the most beautiful things that I love about this more intuitive, non-perfectionistic, non-diet or non-weight loss focused mindset is why can't we just work on it now? Why do we have to wait for our happiness? Because we all know if you've ever done a diet before and you got to that weight that you wanted to, were you actually happy there or were you just terrified that you were going to gain all of the weight back? Terrified. You know, one of the things that I I love what you said here about like that there's nothing wrong with wanting to pursue weight loss. What I think at the heart of this that we're really getting at is don't give weight loss the credit for you feeling better, for your diabetes being um managed more easily or whatever it is, because that's annoying to me. It's because that's something external. And you know what, who should, who gets the credit? You, you get the credit for 
for integrating these health-promoting behaviors into your life and for changing your routine a little bit and challenging yourself in a new and beautiful way and using that internal motivation for the deepest why that you have to help motivate you and move you through that. Don't give weight loss the credit for all the hard freaking work that you're putting into your overall lifestyle and the goals that you set. Um, It's so much more than that. And that's how you continue it from going because then once you achieve this external goal, then what? What's the motivation then to keep going? The motivation is continuing to, to, um, to focus on that internal desire. Here's a really good example that I just thought of while you were talking, Christina, is how a lot of people will try and lose a lot of weight for their weddings, right? The wedding is a very good example of like an external goal or some event or something like that, right? And then a lot of people will say, which is a horrible, um, like very harmful messaging, we would say. Um, but they're like, oh, that person just, you know, let themselves go after the wedding or whatever it was. And it's like, well, no, they were only motivated by an external factor to work out or like diet super hard or, you know, whatever. And most likely went to an extreme to get there, which their body was like, ha ha, you know, we don't. We're not going to go into like metabolic adaptation and everything on this episode, which we also have some episodes about that, which we can link in the show notes. Um, But that's a really good example of an external goal rather than being motivating by an internal goal. So let's loop it back a little bit, right? We're going to go back to our our, uh, example of exercise. So when you're going through your internal motivators versus external motivators and everything like that, think about what is my driving factor behind wanting to actually go for this goal? And then since we're trying to go for this in a non-diet, non-perfectionistic mindset, think about what are my main obstacles to working through this in a non-perfectionistic way? And one of those could be the all or nothing mentality is all I've ever known in terms of goal setting at this point. So if we're thinking about a really common, you know, New Year's goal is like, I want to exercise more, I want to get healthier, whatever. And what most people do is a total overhaul of I'm doing this 30-day thing at the gym and we're doing a challenge and, you know, whatever it is, and I want to go four times a week and I want to, or like there's 30-day yoga challenge or 30-day meditation challenge or whatever it is. And if we think about that of my yoga studio or my gym is offering all of these extra things the way that we can approach this from a non-perfectionistic way is like huh there's all these opportunities there I can go there if I want to but I'm not holding myself to I need to go five times a week or I'm a failure right we always want to think about things from an abundance add-in perspective rather than a hard and fast rule of either we're eliminating this, meaning like we're eliminating this food or we're eliminating sugar or we're eliminating not going to the gym, you know, whatever it is. But <laughs> That might be a valid think- goal for many people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Stop going. <laughs> right. Stop going. Um, stop doing two-a-days. Stop doing, you know, stop being obsessed with the gym. I think that's that's a pretty good goal. Um But so thinking about what are my obstacles to doing this in a non-perfectionistic way? And I mean, think about the people around you, right? One of the things we're going to be talking about today is a support network. If you are a part of, you know, a yoga studio, a group, whatever it is, and everybody out there is doing this 30-day challenge and they're like, we're trying to do, I'm sure you've heard of these before, Christina, like a 30-day Bikram yoga challenge. Like everybody's going for an hour and a half every single day. If you're in that kind of circle and that's just not the thing for you, maybe you disconnect from those people for a little bit because otherwise they're going to be all around you like, hey, are you coming today? Hey, are you coming today? Hey, are you coming today? And it's like, actually, today I kind of feel a little bit, you know, drained and I don't really want to leave my whole body on the floor of the Bikram Yoga Studio today. (laughs) I have absolutely done those challenges. I used to be a Bikram Yogi, um, really into it. And uh Yeah. If you're feeling like you're not going to, like you don't have the energy to go do a Bikram yoga class, you most likely will not finish the class once you're there anyways, because you'll get so hot and feel like you're going to pass out, which is a good indication of something that probably isn't the best thing for you that day. I want to like, I remember a conversation that we had when Victoria Albina was on and she talked about this really great way of checking in with yourself. And I think 
that's one of the great things about we want your your goal to be, yeah, it can be structured if you're a structured type of person, but yet let's still make it flexible. And how could that look like? And Victoria gave a really great like internal check-in in the episode that she did with us. And I'll, we'll link back to it maybe in the show notes, but she talked about how every morning she asks her body, do I want to do movement today? Do I want to do this class? Do I want to do this thing? And she looked at it because of Consent's important. And I was really thinking about, like that kind of came to my mind right now when we're talking about this, is about flexible is honoring, right? You can have structure. You can say, I'm going to plan for doing it this way. But then at the same time, if you don't, hey, it's okay. Um, I don't have to check off every box for the 30 days. Otherwise, it's a failure. Have we met our internal goal of doing a little bit more movement? Yeah, you did. You've met that goal. So we're already on our way there. And so when you have that flexibility built in and that check-in with yourself and then non-shame response to it and being curious, why don't I want to go today? Well, I had a really hard day at work today. And it was a long day. And I really like the idea of curling up on the couch and just watching a movie tonight. Wonderful thing to do. Honoring your body being flexible, and then checking in with yourself the next day and saying, hey, how am I feeling today? Do I feel like I have the energy to do this? Hey, I do feel like I have the energy to do this, but maybe I'll do something light. Maybe I'll do something like just some yoga stretches, or I'll go for a walk, or I'll do something like that, or I'll call a friend and maybe we'll go for a walk together. And having that built-in flexibility is the ways that you can think about working through those types of obstacles when you have a very perfectionistic, um, structured, loves to check things off a list (laughs) type of personality. There's a way to be flexible. And I think honestly, where flexibility and it's like where flexibility and grace and compassion meet. And this is a way that we can, and we always advocate for this. Like I remember when we were first kind of practicing this like non-diet mindset, people were like, okay, I get the like relationship with food and body image stuff, but also I need some structure. And we're like, okay, we got you, you know? And I think that's where a lot of these kind of non-diet plans will fail is they're just like, oh, you know, just, just go with the flow, just listen to your body. And, you know, we've talked about the limitations of that on previous podcasts, but think about when we're trying to do this, How can we create a structured yet flexible plan and how can that look, right? So if you say, I want to get more movement in this month, instead of confining yourself to movement only counts if I go to the gym, if I go for a run, if I whatever, think about different ways that you can incorporate movement, right? Like literally anything except like standing or sitting is movement. So if you say like, okay, I want to get some kind of movement in, five days or something this week instead of saying I need to go for a run five times or I need to go to the gym or I need to do a structured yoga class or whatever what about just like dancing around your kitchen for two minutes what about like Christina was just saying before we got on the podcast like when her kid was playing on the floor she did two minutes of stretching you know that can count as movement too (laughs) yeah I think that's important too and I really love how you're incorporating flexibility as what it like what how you're defining it I think is also really important too and also thinking about it from that perspective of what I was mentioning too around being flexible with the execution but I think thinking beyond like oh I want to get more movement in why does it have to be only this one form how can we look at it and expand the definition of that to create more flexibility for ourselves and I think that's such a great thought process around And I think it's challenging for people too. And I think it's going to challenge a lot of beliefs because a lot of people think movements only, you know, um, high intensity cardio type type stuff, or you have to be sweating or, and that's just not the case. Um, So much of the research really shows that like a simple walk um, is just as great or a simple restorative yoga class can be just as wonderful for you from a cardiovascular standpoint, from a stress reduction standpoint, from a movement perspective, 
as something that like uh, t- going to like one of Dana's uh, lifting classes, you know, it could be, <laughs> it, can, it can look a lot of different ways. And, and maybe one day it looks like, Hey, you know what? I have like this strong desire to lift something heavy. I'm going to call Dana and say, Hey, let's go take a class together. The other day it might be, Dana might call me and say, I want to do something really simple. Maybe it's just us going for a walk together. We don't live nearby each other. Otherwise, I would love to do that. We'll go for a virtual walk. Virtual walks, <laughs> virtual lifting. Um, but yeah, it'd be really, you know, to think about it that way a little bit is um, the ultimate flexibility. And also, I think, yeah, meeting yourself where you are too is part of being flexible. Yeah, and we're going to get into that too, right? So let's talk about the SMART goals, you know, quote unquote. So the first one we talk about specific, like what do you want to accomplish? Thinking about who is involved, like what resources can you leverage to help you with this? So if we're thinking of a goal of I want to move more, that's not entirely specific, right? So then we want to think about, well, what are the things that we can get specific about? So we just mentioned different forms and modalities of movement. Okay, if I want to move more, we do need to define what are the different ways that I like to move? What are the different realistic ways that I could move? Do you have a gym membership? Do you have a computer? There's free yoga on YouTube. There's free bodyweight workouts on YouTube. Do you live near a park or in a city? Can you go for walks, right? So when you're thinking about this goal and when you're planning it out in a non-perfectionistic way, list out all of the different ways that are available to you to help you with this goal. When we say specific, you'll notice we haven't said set a number of times that you want to do this per week. You could do that if you wanted to, but we think the only the best way to do that is if you know that you're going to be able to hold yourself to be not perfectionistic about it, right? If you say, I would like to move each of the weekdays this week, that's fine. But really only if you're like, okay, if I'm really tired, you know, let's use the example that Christina was saying before, I'm exhausted and I would rather just lay on the couch. What if we lay on the couch a little bit and then we get on the floor and do some stretches? Does that count as your movement, right? That is totally fine. And then when you're setting these specific goals, it's going back to, okay, is this externally motivated? Like, am I just motivated by that? I just want to check the box and get this X number of times per week. Or is following through with this helping me get, like feel less pain in my body, you know, feeling that more mental clarity, feeling less stiff when I'm sitting at my desk, always going back to checking in internally Am I aligned with my values? Am I aligned with my goals and everything like that? And am I aligned with my internal motivation behind this? And what's the driving factor? So what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish from a deeper driving factor rather than those external pieces? I actually also want to encourage people to maybe get a piece of paper, pause this episode, and do your non-diet goals while we're kind of walking through. Dude, I just thought of that. I was like, we should have everyone pause and go through it. Or use your phone unless you're driving. Don't use your phone. Please don't do that. Let's be safe. Um, Also, if you're driving, please don't write down anything. Yeah, just (laughs) reflect back on it and then write it later. But especially if you're someone who really likes to write things down to feel committed to them, what a beautiful way to, to do this now and kind of have this new place and then put it someplace where you can see it so you can see here's what I want to accomplish. Here are the, the factors that are involved and who I might need and the resources that I might need and what are maybe some of the limitations. Like I think Dana mentioned about walking. Like, um, am I actually going to go walking if it's like 30 degrees outside every day? Maybe not, you know, like maybe you won't. Maybe it needs to be a little bit different. And um, I loved how um, being building in that flexibility into the specifics too of what can it look like? Um, what are the things that, I can I can do to continue with this goal without it feeling like Dana was saying really perfectionistic. Um, one of the pieces too that I feel like in the smart goals that can be really difficult for people to think about from a non diet perspective is the M, and that's measurable. So what are we using for our new measuring stick? When people think about measurable. We immediately think external numbers, factors, people, weight loss, weight loss, right? <laughs> or number of times, or um, or number of miles, or um, 
you know, like literally taking out measuring tape and taping, <laughs> taping their body, like measuring their bodies. And we want, obviously want you to move away from that because again, those are external measuring sticks and we want you to use your internal measuring sticks. And Dana, before we started recording this, had an awesome example of internal measuring sticks. And so I'm going to give the mic over to her. So let's think about running, going back to, you know, or exercising or stuff. So I was working with a client the other day and they were talking about how they used to hold themselves to running five days a week. And now they're kind of scrolling back or like pulling back a little bit. Okay, I'm going to run X number of miles per week, but it doesn't necessarily have to be five times. And I was like, okay, well, that's definitely, you know, moving in the right direction, but why X number of miles? And it was like, oh, well, you know, I read somewhere that, you know, if I want to be like a runner or whatever it is, I have to run X number of miles. And I said, huh, that really sounds like an externally motivated goal as opposed to internally. But instead of then saying that's bad and we need to fix it, it's tell me what you love about running. You know, what is the best, like, why, why do you run? Why do you like it? Not from a, a lot of people use running from a weight loss perspective. So I was like, obviously we're not talking about weight loss right now, but tell me why internally you love running. And they were saying how they get this mental clarity and they get this like flow state and they have more energy throughout the day and they have less pain and, you know, all this other stuff. So I said, okay, so the next time that you're running, Instead of going for X mile marker or X number of minutes or whatever, I want you to check in every couple of minutes or whenever it is and just think about how's my mental clarity? Am I there yet? Because for a lot of people when they're exercising or doing yoga or doing meditation, you don't feel it when you first start, right? You're not going to feel it three minutes in, five minutes in. You know, it typically takes a little longer. But instead of using the end measuring stick of, okay, I'm going to run to this street and then I'm going to run home, want you to check in and think, when does that mental clarity kick in? You know, if I run for this long, do I have that much energy during the day? Or I talk about this a lot with my adrenal fatigue clients. If what you're doing for exercise makes you more exhausted the rest of the day, that was too much. Let's check in with the internal measure, right? The internal measuring stick of Going back to our goals and going back to our motivations of why we wanted to do this in the first place, if let's say mental clarity is one of those, are you getting to that place of mental clarity? And when you do get to that place of mental clarity, do you allow yourself to stop and turn around or go home? Or do you feel like, but I'm supposed to go to this street or I'm supposed to go for this long or I'm supposed to go for whatever? If that's the case, we're still butting up a little bit against those externally or like external measuring sticks or, you know, things that we feel like we should be doing. But if you can identify that, that's a big step, right? We're moving towards the internal factors. So if and when you're going through this process, if we can start to check in more about like, okay, going back to these are the things that I wanted to do internally, I'm starting to get those, okay, that's good. Runs good for the day or the yoga is good for the day. You can keep going if you want to or you can just go home because you did what you set out to do. Yeah, I love that example so much and it reminds me of my own personal experience <laughs> experience with stuff sometimes because I really love swimming and a lot of times sometimes the goal for me is just getting to the pool <laughs> and and then I'm like I'm just gonna get in the water because I really love the way I feel when I'm in the water and kind of moving my body through it but I never go with the perspective of I'm gonna challenge myself to do this many laps sometimes it feels really exciting to do that for me um, and because I like the kind of physical challenge that can happen but that can also be part of your internal motivation too I liked the idea of like moving through the water and feeling like that and saying, I wonder if I can, if I, if I'm excited to do another lap, I kind of am excited to do another lap. So I'm going to keep going. And then sometimes I'll go in the water and I'll do like two laps. I'm like, nah, I'm done. That's it. I'm not, <laughs> I was not that, ex like, I'm not that excited or I'm not feeling it. And I think that's another really great check-in too. Um, if our internal motivation is doing something that we enjoy and connecting to that like calming state of movement, how awesome would it be to make to check in with yourself and say, hey, how am I feeling about this right now? Am I getting that vibe? Because if I'm not getting that vibe, I'm not accomplishing the goal that I set out for. So what can I do instead? Maybe today wasn't the day for this. And that's okay too. 
we're not going to shame ourselves about it, but we're going to say, hey, you know what? I kind of feel like maybe this isn't the right day for this. And I think that's important to kind of check into. And I like how we're using that. What I like about this too, that's a little bit different, is that we're building a rapport with our internal body cues. You're getting more in touch with yourself and knowing what you want and talk about intuitive. This is how you flex your intuitive muscle. You can use these same types of things towards food. You can use these same types of things towards literally anything in your life, but you have to flex that muscle in you to, am I hearing what my body's saying to me? Am I using external factors or am I using internal things? And what does my internal voice sound like? What does a yes sound like internally? What does a no, not today sound like? And I think that's important about identifying what's measurable and how to use that internal voice. And it takes time to get there. There might be some days where you realize, you look back and you're like, well, that was kind of perfectionistic. Okay, what happened? How can I, how can I turn on that internal, that internal cue? And I also really, you know, want to bring this to the forefront of like, we can work towards being more intuitive and you can want to challenge yourself. So for example, if we're thinking about like swimming laps in a pool, right? Like you guys all know, like I used to be a college swimmer, distance swimming. So we used to swim for hours and hours and hours, right? Now I don't do that anymore. But sometimes when I'm coaching in the summer, I will get the urge to be like, yeah, I kind of want to get in and swim. Like maybe I'll do my kids practice or, you know, whatever it is. And sometimes like I don't know about all of you but if we're doing something and there's like you know I've done nine laps and I'm like I'm not really feeling it I will always finish that 10th lap because I like to I like I'm a finisher and I like things to be even and everything but at the same time if I'm in the middle of a practice or something that I'm just doing on my own right I'm not talking about like in the middle of a team practice I'm not as the coach getting out and being like yeah I'm just not going to do this anymore because then the kids are not going to do it you know like I have to set (laughs) example for them but if I'm in the middle of doing something on my own I'm like this really feels like crap today like I just don't want to Give yourself that permission to get out, you know? Maybe it's just not your day. Maybe your nervous system is on fire. Maybe you're in pain from something, right? Like, let's just think about something else that we can do or you just call it a day and you try it again tomorrow, right? And the other thing to think about this is a lot of this is really hard in the beginning because habit formation is hard, right? So if you want to form a habit of getting back into movement after you haven't moved for a really long time, if this feels really uncomfortable in the beginning, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing, right? So for example, like all of my kids for swimming, we really only get about three weeks off in the summer as like our off season because for swimming, you just have to be in the water all the time. The first week back to practice, all of them are complaining because they're like, oh my gosh, this feels so bad. Like we only took a couple weeks off. Like how is this happening? But they know if they keep going, it will feel a lot better. So keep in mind, like not every day is going to feel perfectly intuitive and in line with your body and everything like that. And that's okay as long as you're not sticking or trying to do this because of a perfectionistic reason, right? If you're like, okay, well, yoga feels really uncomfortable today because I haven't stretched in like 27 years, it's probably going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. But then we think about, okay, how can I uh, modify this? get yoga blocks, get a bolster, go slower instead of running. Don't expect yourself to be running like, you know, five miles an hour if you haven't been running in 10, 5, 20 years or anything. Maybe we go for a slow walk and then, you know, we walk for a couple weeks and then maybe you jog for like a minute and then you walk some more, you know. Think about it as building into something rather than just going hard and fast right into it. Yeah, and I think that's where the flexibility comes in in a lot of ways too, and giving yourself permission to slow down. And it still um, is accomplishing that overarching goal that you have. Um, I I was thinking too, is like sometimes um, Dan and I are very different about movement and we talk about this all the time. I'm definitely someone who needs a little bit more of like a push to do, <laughs> to do it. And Dana's like, I'm finishing that 10th lap and I'm more of a, nah, I'm not. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> one of the things that I do to kind of push myself, but still not be overly perfectionistic and run myself into the ground is saying, how can I slow this down to meet myself where I am? 
Maybe that's ending this run here and I'm going to walk for a little while. Maybe that's not doing freestyle laps and maybe I'm going to switch to like a gentle breaststroke or something. Not, not that people like breaststroke is not not easy, but the way that I do it is very chill. So there's ways to build in that flexibility even as you're doing the movement. And I think that's also really important too, is to give yourself permission to, you don't have to do the 10th rep that the the instructor is telling you to do. You don't have to go at the pace that they're telling you to go at, even if they're screaming at you to do it. Maybe find a different class. But, um, but also too, again, honor where you are. Meet yourself where you are. And use your own internal, internal um, measuring stick to figure out where can I build in this flexibility here? Where can I honor myself and where I am today? And also at the same time, that's very measurable and you can still challenge yourself. Yeah. So then going on to the other letters, right? We've got attainable and realistic or relevant. So this goes really well with that because when we're thinking about goal setting, even by our internal measuring measuring stick, trying to be non-perfectionistic and more intuitive, we still have to be realistic about like, is this goal able, am I able to achieve this goal, right? Is it challenging but reasonable? An unreasonable goal would be, I want to move more. I want that kind of movement to be running because I like the way that running makes me feel, but I want to run a marathon at the end of 30 days. Unrealistic. We're not doing that, right? That could be a very perfectionistic goal, right? It could be that one day I would like to run a marathon, but let's make it more attainable in that maybe in two years you want to run a marathon, right? And then you maybe get more of a structured training plan. I don't know why I'm saying a marathon. I will literally never run a marathon in my life. You couldn't pay me enough to do that. But the point is the A of attainable, it's are you able to achieve this? Is it challenging but reasonable, right? And then thinking about what are the external resources that I can use to help me leverage this goal, right? So thinking about, for example, where you live, are there people who are going to do it with you? You know, commonly we'll think about where's my accountability buddy, right? You can have an intuitive goal accountability buddy where you can check in with each other. It's like, hey, do you still want to do this today? If not, that's okay, right? We can do something else. If you had both planned to go for a walk together and you're just not feeling it, why don't we do a restorative yoga class? Or why don't we do the walk tomorrow? And then thinking about as well, the R is realistic or relevant. Is this goal aligned with your values? And we talk about this a lot when we talk about values versus rules. And we talk about this in our courses. And we've talked about this a lot with like healthy striving on the podcast and everything. But is this goal aligned with your values? Which then goes back to what are your values? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and are there any limiting factors that are contributing to you being able to make this realistic? And what are those? And maybe it's maybe it's resources, maybe it's financial, maybe there's different pieces around it. And I think that's important to kind of take into consideration as well and to think about, do I have access to this? Do I have these types of things available to me? So is this actually realistic? Um, is important to think about as well and to bring that into the thing, into the piece too. And the other last one is time bound. And this one can be, really complicated and hard for someone who's very perfectionistic because we tend to think of time as in numbers, as in like 30 days or this many times, or how do I do this in a way that's kind of non-perfectionistic. And thinking about it from that perspective can be sometimes a little bit more difficult, but actually thinking about this from a non-diet non-perfectionistic, non-all or nothing actually creates the opportunity for more frequent check-ins, which creates more time available to check in with yourself. Yeah. So if we think about it this way, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to lose X amount of pounds in 30 days and I'm going to go to the gym every, like X number of times per week for 30 days. And at the end of the 30 days, you get a gold star only if you did the thing exactly as you wanted to all externally motivated, right? With here, it's you can check in while you're in the middle of the movement. You can check in at the end of the day. You can check in at the end of the week. Am I still in alignment with my internal motivators? Or it's also a check-in of 
Um, today, is this more internally motivated or is this more externally motivated? Always approaching with this with the mindset of curiosity rather than judgment. Even if you're slipping back into perfectionistic tendencies, even if you're slipping back into externally motivated stuff of like, oh, I really want people to notice me when I'm doing this. Observe rather than judge, right? Because the other thing about trying to approach this with a non-perfectionistic mindset is not having an expectation that you will never bring perfectionism into this again, right? Which is kind of like a little bit of a mind tornado, right? But you don't want to expect that you'll never have a perfectionistic thought ever again. We also say this with, you know, your relationship with food, with body image. When we're working with people, we never expect them to never ever have a thought about losing weight or going on a diet ever again. Of course, those thoughts are going to come up, especially around the new year, right? So giving yourself a little bit of compassion, be like, again, we're trying not to be perfect here. Reminder to self, we're trying not to be perfect. And that means that those external thoughts might come up. You might be like, you know, I really want to run five miles today because I just want to run five miles. Okay. The other days, let's try and be like, okay, why do I want to run that five miles? Does this really matter if I run five miles? And this is a point that I wanted to bring up as well is... A lot of people will have these external goals of like, okay, I want to run X number of miles or I want to go X times per week or whatever. That could be an externally motivated goal. But once you've done some information gathering and maybe you've figured out, okay, when I run or when I whatever three times per week, that's about the threshold that it takes me to achieve pretty consistent energy throughout the week to get that mental clarity to whatever. So then after you've got that information, if you decide, okay, I want my, you know, flexible guideline to be, I want to move three times per week. That's now coming from an internal source rather than I feel like I need to run three times per week because that's what I should be to be a runner, right? Those are very different motivations, but ending up at almost the same place. So it's really just, all of this is really just a big restructuring and like a mindset shift and thinking about why do I really want to do this and how can I do it in a non-perfectionistic kind of way that's a lot more gentle but also is way more sustainable for actually achieving these health goals in the long term. Yeah and another thing that I was thinking about while you were giving that example around um, the motivation behind the three days Um, Another piece too to kind of consider as well is, yeah, maybe it takes three days for me to achieve this thing, but what do I get on day four and why am I pushing to day four? Sometimes day four is it's now stressful. I now feel like I'm forcing myself to do it. It doesn't really work with my family because now I'm like, I'm all these different obstacles that are coming up and it's creating more stress. It's taking away from the internal motivation and the original desire around around accomplishing this goal to begin with. And I think that's also important too, to not just think about when do I get to my sweet spot, but when does it start to unravel? And then understand and honor, this is my unraveling point. That's not the point of this. The point of this is to get to that sweet spot where I'm really enjoying myself and feeling that mental clarity and the things that I wanted to whatever it is your internal motivation is, those are the places to hang out and then to honor, no, 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 things are getting away from me. So let's maybe do like a quick summary for everybody. A recap. Recap (laughs) um, around what can make goal setting kind of non-diet. And here are the things that we really want you to remember. Add in flexible structure and guidelines. Thinking about flexibility as being what we're determining fits into this overarching goal that we have. And also to giving ourselves grace and compassion for what that can look like on a weekly basis. We also want you to focus on removing the all or nothing mindset, i.e. if I don't start it on Monday, I'm giving up and nothing's, <laughs> nothing's working. That's not aligned with that flexibility. And the other thing is we really want you to remember to keep an add-in mindset, right? I'm adding stuff in. I'm not eliminating things. I'm not moving stuff out. I'm actually thinking about this from a add-in friendly kind of approach and kind of a fun outlook. And remember, we are trying to dive into the deep 
internal motivations for this and your why rather than like an external measuring stick. And also keep in mind, right? Like if this is the first time, the first year that you're doing this, it's probably going to be all over the place, right? <laughs> it might not be as fluid as this. It might not be as flexible as this. You might struggle with this, right? If that's the case, that's pretty normal, right? We don't, again, we're not expecting you to do this perfectly. There's no way to do this perfectly. There also is no way to do this wrong. Even if, even if you decide, oh, I just want to do a 30-day challenge. I just want to do a diet. We're never going to say you're doing it wrong. You're just using a different tool. Do we advocate for you using that tool? No, because it doesn't actually work for long-term success in the research or in clinical experience or anecdotal experience. But you're an adult and you can make your own choices. <laughs> exactly. So you know what I'm really excited about? And I want to make an invitation for everybody to share with us. I would love for you to share with us what your non-diet smart goals are. And like, we'll definitely go on the gram and, and all the things and please share them with us. Share this episode with your friends, how much easier it would be if all your friends were doing non-diet smart goals and you guys could do them together. How much fun would that be? And, um, everyone being compassionate and friendly and, oh, just gonna be so nice. So share this episode. If you like it, if you don't, that's okay. No hard Give us feelings. some feedback. Us that's some... totally fine. Yep. And if you have paused this episode multiple times and you've written out your SMART goals, uh, non-diet SMART goals specifically, I, we would love to hear them. So please share. Yeah. And so to give you an example, next week we're going to be talking you through a non-diet nutrition focused goal specifically around meal prep we have a really cool example and a really cool guest that's going to be coming on to teach you how to do non-diet meal prep and providing a resource for that and then I think the following week or the week after that we're going to be doing a listener questions episode so if you have questions on this episode if you have questions on our previous overeating or binge eating episodes shoot them to our email hello at wholeheartedeating.com or message either one of us on Instagram and uh, we'll be addressing as many of your questions as possible in that episode. And maybe we'll do a part two because we already have a lot. Mm-hmm. And Happy New Year. <laughs> and Happy New Year. Ooh, weird. I know. Happy New Year. <laughs> happy freaking New Year. And let's hope that 2022 really starts to turn things <laughs> from a global perspective. So Happy New Year, guys. And uh, 